Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, gang. Are we a gang? Are we the Tuesday night jaw gang? I don't know. I don't know what the gang sign would be. Probably shouldn't go down that path. Anyway, hello. Jim here, sat in my lounge in North Wales. It's time for another mini-episode, another Tuesday Night Jaw meets. Um, uh, Last week, we did Jack Gallagher, uh, contender in the WWE Cruiserweight Classic, uh, well-known around the British independent scene. I know as far away as Japan. That was really well-received. The same day I chatted to Jack... I chatted to my friend Chris Brooker. Now, if you're familiar with the world of British wrestling, uh, Chris is a very good friend of mine. He's a stand-up comedian. That's where I know him from. However, he is the man who pretty much started wrestlers coming over here and doing sort of stand-up shows and Q&As and that kind of thing. So we got a lot to thank him for. I've certainly got a lot to thank him for. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be uh, friends with Mick Foley and William Regal and I wouldn't be anywhere near as into wrestling as I am now. So we talk about that a little bit. But it's a nice chat with me and Chris and also you'll hear about how he's now involved with Future Shock, Future Shock rather, up in the northwest of England. Uh, and we'll give them a little bit of a plug at the end because I know they've got a big show this weekend. Anyway, enjoy my chat with Chris and I shall speak to you at the end to wrap things up and let you know what's going on next week. Ta! Uh, welcome to my uh, my new home. It's very uh, nice, isn't it? It's, uh, it is. It feels Hello. more like a home than the, the place I was in before. You've got merch boxes yeah. over there. It's got a lot of t-shirts. It's good. Good times. Yeah. I feel we should probably start this yeah, in a nice way. Let's, let's Hello, Christopher Brooker. Hello, Jim Smallman. Um, or should I say James Smallman? Are we, are we, if we're going to be formal. Well, you were formal first. I, I like to be formal. Um, <laughs> so, we've been mates for... I've been in stand-up for 11 years, so I reckon we've been mates conservatively for 9 or 10 years. Yeah, 9 or 10 years, I'd say. Um, as I stated on a Tuesday Night Jewel recently, you are the reason that I... I co-own Progress. You, you didn't lend me the money um, or anything like that. Didn't have it to lend you. But I would not be as into wrestling if I hadn't realised that there were other people working in stand-up comedy who were as into wrestling as me. And I would argue you're probably into it more than I am. So there was Yeah, a, it's not healthy, is it? It's well, there was a point. <laughs> how many years ago was it? Seven, I want to say six or seven years ago, we went to, we went to watch TNA. 
be, be a bit more than that. I think, yeah, it's nearly, it's getting on for a decade. Yeah, because we went to watch TNA in Coventry. Yeah, let's not forget TNA was good at that point as well, it so it's got to be a while. It was brilliant because we got to see, yeah. I think I said this on the, min, the last mini episode I did, one of the best matches I've ever seen live, which was on a TNA house show, mm-hmm. which was Samoa Joe against Booker T, and it was brilliant. Oh, it was great fun. And that show was also memorable for the fact that me and you and who else came with us? It Lee, was Jones. Lee Jones and Rossa Keegan. And so we managed to crack up homicide <laughs> during during an LAX tag match. Several times. There was, um, especially because Petey Williams was doing his... Um, mini Steiner. Mini, so chanting Midget Steiner and watching Hernandez try to keep his badass face on was and quite a lot of fun. Chanting wellness program at him <laughs> as well. I was quite proud of that. Oh, um, uh, so what I want to chat to you about is mm-hmm. one of my main associations with wrestling is not just from going to that TNA show with you. It's because, how many years ago? Maybe five or five or six years ago, mm-hmm. I got a text message from you saying, hey, dude, do you want to come and support Mick Foley? <laughs> and I went, what? Are you messing around? And that's what happened, is you, you had me support Mick Foley. You've had me support various people that you've done the tours for. Yep. Now, what I want to chat to you about, mainly, is, is how these tours came about and your, your thoughts and memories of doing these tours. Because I know that... People know you, you, if you're like, for example, most progress shows you're at and you're at as a fan and my mate and, and, you know, most people in British wrestling know who you are. That's terrifying still, it, isn't it? It's it, that weird kind we, of, all right, Chris. The worst part is, even though I, 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 I could realistically not, I feel I should know everyone's name if they know mine. But, but also, I mean, you do stick out more because you're a giant Viking of a man. I am a, a quite a tall ginger man, yeah. And you've, you've had wrestling training, haven't you? I have. And the fact that I don't shows you how good I was at it. But I don't wrestle. It's but you can't, you got. Into, I don't think you started training until quite late, though, did you? No, no, I didn't. I um back at, in two thousand nine. Actually, I went to train for the first time at Grand Pro Wrestling hmm. um, with this idea of doing a little documentary. Um, I remember this now. Yeah, I remember talking to you about um, it. with a friend of mine, Sean, at the time. It didn't work out in the end because um, for one reason he moved away from Manchester and getting him to come and film it was impractical. For another. I was shocking at it. It really, <laughs> really, really hurt. Um, so I, I basically pussied out. Um, and, uh, but unlike most trainees, I actually went to the training school and confessed to everyone that I was pussying out. Oh, fair play to you. Yeah, I figured, you know, take out the chin, if nothing else. It's better than just not turning up one day, isn't it? No, no absolutely. That's uh, pathetic. But I, I, I live in fear that some of the footage of me attempting to do basic wrestling drills whilst showing all the same athletic promise that had me picked last for everything at school. Oh, my God, there'll be some horrible footage out there of me somewhere. And one day it'll, it'll surface, because nothing ever goes away completely. No, it? no. So, your 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 company is Eros, Eros Comedy, isn't it? That's right. Um, so, you, uh, in my eyes, and I I speak from experience of doing wonderful shows with you, where you've you've not just treated me as a mate who's come along to do something cool but also you know you looked after me and paid me and, and done all the other cool stuff that promoters are meant to do but you so when did you do your first your first tour with a wrestler well the first tour with the wrestler was the one you mentioned which was in november of 2011 with okay. mick foley yeah and just just to touch on one of the things you mentioned one of my favorite things about that tour was being able to get in touch with various people including yourself and say, do you want to do you want to support Mick Foley? And and I tried to ring as many people as possible because I quite wanted, I wanted to hear that. No, fuck off. 
Which... And then, so it was like the, the stages of, of bereavement, because there was denial, and then, maybe not guilt, but there was just kind of a... Well, I remember when you first asked me to do it, yeah. and, and I was... When you first asked me to do it, this would have been at a point where we decided to start progress, but we were still in the in the looking into it because mm-hmm. you know, we started in March 2012. Yeah. And I remember you messaging me, and and I think I think I was in a radio studio when you when I initially got the first message off of you. I'm certain of it. Oh, I think that's because I tried to call you, but yeah. you were on the radio. Yeah, yeah, and I remember going, "No, <laughs> no, he's messing around, isn't he?" <laughs> and, and 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 I just remember talking to you about it and thinking, "This is." This is a bizarre thing, but obviously you will have. When did the when did the idea first pop into your head that this was a thing that could work? Well, because because until you did it, let's stress this, nobody was doing this. No, this was not a thing. It was not a thing, and I don't just mean it was not a thing here. It was not a thing in America. Didn't exist anywhere. No. So because now people know that Mick obviously does stand up and does a whole tour of America. Until you suggested it. He wasn't doing that in the States, was he? This was a new thing. Well, it's funny you should say that because the, the idea came about, um, it was about a year before that, mm. um, because I knew that Mick was doing a little bit of stand-up. Of course. Sort of dabbling in that kind of thing. So I thought, do you know what would be cool? be to have him do some shows. Mm. Just just to sort of do them, you yeah. know, just to, to say that you've gigged with him and it could be fun and I think he'd enjoy them and they might we might sell a few tickets, you know. Um, and it... It really came about because of Twitter, because I I was vehemently against Twitter. No. I I was one of those obnoxious Twitter bores who says no no not interested no no point. And I was on a radio show, um, in in Salford with and they, uh, Andy Crane used to do his radio show, um, and he'd have a comedian, a politician, and a musician. Hmm. And sometimes it was a horrible mixture of of, of, <laughs> of, of disparate egos and personalities. But on this particular day, it was a pleasure. Hmm. Um, and the musician who I was on with, whose name eludes, escapes me at this point, it's a shame because she's brilliant, um, uh, Christina Miles, right? Okay. We were talking about Twitter, and I, did, and I basically did my lot of, hey, oh, don't need no fucking Twitter, yeah, and all that. And, and she said, no, well, here's why I've done it, and this is why you might find it useful, because professionally, you are your product. It helps to sell yourself, you know, at least, even if it brings a few more people in, it'll help mm. you shift your projects, what have you. So, I, you know what? All right, all right. I'll do it. So I went off and I got myself the Twitter handle. Um, and then when Mick Foley was also new on Twitter, so obviously the, the disparity there is, I was new on Twitter, I had seven followers. He only had about 25,000. I remember those days. <laughs> oh, man. So he was coming over. He was with TNA at the time. he just released Countdown to Lockdown. Mm-hmm. And he was doing a book signing tour. So he was coming to the Trafford Centre to do a book a signing for his book. Yeah. Um, so I just tweeted him and said, I just thought, well, he's here on a Friday afternoon. I will find somewhere, you know. I can mm. find a place for him to do a gig late on Friday. So I said, tweeted him and just said, hello, at Real Mick Foley. Would you like to do a comedy gig while you're in town this Friday? And just thought nothing more of it. Mm. Now, at that point, I still had all my notifications on because you do when you're new. Yeah, <laughs> you do. Yeah. I've got a follower. Someone likes me. Right, um, so I got an email at two in the morning that just said, and I sort of woke up and went, it said, at real Mick Foley is following you on Twitter. I went, oh, what? <laughs> so a little half-asleep double-take. I went, well, that's kind of, that's cool. Then I sort of managed to doze off, and then it was, boo, 
at Real Mick Foley has sent you a direct message on Twitter. <laughs> and I went, they have direct messages on Twitter? Well, I didn't know that. So it was a proper journey of discovery. But essentially he said, you know what? I can't do it because timing isn't right, but that sounds interesting. Mm. Would you... And he sent me his email address and we got talking. Um, and initially we were supposed to do something in the spring of next year, but then he left TNA and everything was all kind of up in the air. And he said, and we actually got to the point where we booked venues in London and Manchester and we're going to do two nights. And we just got chatting and he said, well, it's not going to work this time because of stuff, but I'll be in touch. And I went, oh, you know what? And you kind of take it as a with a pinch of salt. You go, you know what? You've been very polite. You've been lovely to deal with. I don't think I'll ever hear from you again. Hmm. But then, in the August, he sent me a message and said, are you still interested? I went, <laughs> am I? Fucking yeah. And I, we, we, we basically, my, my partner at the time and myself, sat and put our heads together and came up with what would be the first dates. We didn't even have a company at that point. Mm. Eros Comedy did not exist till November. Um, and it just, it just kind of went from there. And we, we, we put our money into it. Well, her money. Um, and... It was one of those moments where I nearly cancelled it all because it was such a. I'd never done anything. I've promoted stand up gigs and I've booked comedy and I've done all that for years. I'd never done anything like this on this venue, on this scale with theatres and, and, you know, like the Journal Tyne in Newcastle is huge. Mm. And Leicester Square Theatre is, is bigger than I'm ever used to. I remember sitting and having a proper little wobble and going, I can't handle all this. It's, it's stressful, isn't it? It's stressful. It's stressful. Especially because you're doing something outside your comfort zone. But then Laura, my partner at the time, said, do you think we'll sell enough tickets? And yeah. I said, yes, we will. And she said, well, that's enough. Let's do this. So we did. And fortunately, a lot of good people had my best interests. I had people to go to to advice on tours. And even even like the, the manager of Leicester Square Theatre was like, you need to charge more for your tickets. You need to change this because you're not in line with how much these yeah. profile tours are. And... All my fears disappeared when we sold out the dance house in Manchester in a day. Yeah. And that, it, it, you know, and it was, and off we did. We went, we went and we did it. Mm. And we, we did the shows and I knew he was going to, I knew it was going to be a spectacle. I knew it was going to be interesting. I didn't know how good it was going to be, especially from yours and my point of view. Mm. Because I didn't want it to be like, you know, when you go to see a band and the support act finishes and they go, this is our last song. And everyone goes, hey, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> I, I genuinely thought, especially because the first show ends up being in Glasgow with me emceeing Billy Kirkwood um, and uh, Stephen Petty um, opening. Hmm. I thought we were going to get shattered. I think it was going to be murmur. And we went out and it was the one of the most amazing nights I've ever had at that point in stand-up. Because... As soon as they realised, they tried. They tried at the start. Someone tried a what chant on me, hmm. and I tore him a new arsehole. <laughs> From the perspective of someone who knew what it meant. And also as well, let's, just for the record, stop doing the what chant. Yeah. It's not 1999. No, it's not 1999. And as for the counting ahead of the... Uh, yeah, don't official. count ahead of the referee and uh, and stop saying one full. Yeah, well, that, that can go too. But in no. fact, can we just have silence? I, I think we'll just have respectful <laughs> just watch it, silence. Yeah, watch matches of respectful silence. No, yeah. But I'm with you on this, because I know that <laughs> when I first started doing these shows with you, I remember thinking, oh, they're going to... And it's the same mm-hmm. if I do someone's tour support. Yeah. I'm always like... Like, the minute I'm doing Paul Sinar, I'm doing some of his tour support. Mm-hmm. And all I think is, they want to see the guy off the chase. <laughs> they don't want to see a tattooed skinhead telling stories about his daughter. 
They literally have no interest. In it. But I'm wrong. They, 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 they're they, they look they... at you walking out on stage and think, oh, Sinner's brought us a BNP member to shout <laughs> at to get all out of our system. But I think it's, I think it's very interesting watching... Because I'm always of like, well, they just want to see him. And mm. what actually happens is people, people like the added value. Of course, the, the people who go to see a tour are there for a purpose. Mm. They're there to have a good time. They're not like a lot of comedy nights where they're there because they couldn't get laser tag. You know, they... That's my gig last night, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, welcome oh, to my world. I still have nightmares about a gig in the same venue from when I was new. Um, but the beautiful thing about this is is we have fans. We all have that connection. We have something in common. You can make jokes that you can't make anywhere else. Yeah. And as soon as people realise that you have that shared passion, it's it's like a release for everyone. And I'll level with you. Some of the jokes I've made at these wrestling shows have not been very good. <laughs> but but they make sense. But because they're relevant, and everyone goes, well, we don't. You can't sort of go on stage at, at Jungles and we can go. John Cena's new shirts aren't selling well, aren't they? That's authentic. Um, you can't get away with that kind of stuff at a normal gig. But in front of wrestling fans, they just go, "This is brilliant. This is this is what we want to hear." Well, that's the thing I always like about whenever you you ask me to do supports like the the, the last tour of William Regal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy that I've now worked in wrestling for four years, so I've now got more to say. Because initially, when I first supported Mick, I had no wrestling-themed stories to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but since then, loads of stuff has happened, including the story I always tell about meeting New Jack, which only works. Only work, <laughs> I love telling that story, but it only works in the environment of being surrounded by wrestling fans. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, and I know that, that you and I... And, and Billy in particular, because mm. I think we 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 kind of the three of us have have occupied a very interesting space in the world yeah. over the last few years. We've all we've we've not gone on the same path, but we've gone on parallel paths. Yes, absolutely, in okay. very many ways. Um, and it's and I know much like you, I still find myself going, "Is this real? Is this really happening all the time? Is this this makes no sense." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, without you. I wouldn't, um, you know, I wouldn't have the weird experience of having my Mick Foley tattoo on my arm signed by the man himself mm-hmm. and then tattooed over. Um, I wouldn't have William Regal bully me uh, about my alleged <laughs> the truth, love of the Phil Collins. The truth Collins. isn't bullying. Um, I wouldn't the truth have, isn't bullying. The sooner you come to terms with it, the better. I wouldn't have my copies of DDP Yoga. <laughs> um, uh, there's loads. Of, there's now. So you started with the, the Mick Foley was the first tour. Yes. Um, and you did you did a couple of tours with Mick, didn't you? Uh, we did a couple of tours with Mick, um, and then what's what what happens? Like so many things in life, is once you work with someone, then the word spreads, and you can you end up working with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the second thing we did was we did a tour with Nigel McGuinness in his movie. I remember that, yes, which was which was fantastic. It was very different to Mick, obviously, mm. because whereas Mick was funny. This was, frankly, depressing as fuck. <laughs> and, and I'll say that to Nigel who is here. Bless your heart. I love you, Nigel. But <laughs> In fact, if anything, I, I, I enjoyed chatting to him. It was around the time that he he did a guest referee spot for us unannounced, didn't he? And it that does. was around, that was in, that, in the midst of that tour. Just at the beginning of that tour. Yeah. And, and, and it was great because Nigel and I have become really proper good mates now, mm. which, is, which is... He's a lovely fellow. Which is, which is amazing because this is the guy who I saw, you know, tear the house down with Samoa Joe... In, in, in Liverpool, I've seen have all these insane matches. First uh, time I ever met him, mm-hmm. I was doing before Wrestle Talk was on. Um, I was going to say on Bravo. It's not on Bravo, is it? But whatever channel. Challenge. It was, Challenge. That was it. Before Wrestle Talk was on Challenge, um, I went and did it when it was just a YouTube show, mm-hmm. 
and I was one of the guests, and Nigel was one of the guests, yeah. and obviously I'm a big fan of his, got loads of old Ring of Honor DVDs that he's on, and the first thing he says, I walk in, and I go, oh, I'm a big fan of yours, really nice to meet you, and he went, yeah, nice to meet you too, mate, I'll have to get some chips, do you want some? Yeah, and I'm like, hey! Yeah, I do, and he went and got me sausage and chips, which is a good lad, and then he showed me some card tricks. He's amazing, the card tricks. He's brilliant, and, what, a, what a great bloke! And I, and I joke about his movie being... Um, depressing it's it, it's down but it's up it's kind of it's got a great message at the yeah. end um but again there's a there's a there's a connection here because on the last night of the tour with nigel we were in belfast mm. and i don't drink as a rule i'm not a non-drinker but i don't drink very much i'll drink very infrequently and i must admit i had a few bit i had a few guinnesses in belfast just because i thought well i've kind of earned this it's the end of the yeah. tour and, and we ended up in a chip shop in belfast nice next to the empire at two in the morning with him showing card tricks to students because he's if you see him ask him because he'll happily do them and it, he's really good yeah not, he's great yeah not just oh what's this in your ear oh it's a coin <laughs> it's like not granddad magic proper have you communed with the dark masters he's yeah. that good so you did you did the tour with Nigel yep how did the next one would have been Regal wouldn't it it would have been because with, with, with William Regal uh, Mr. Regal I can't I can't, I can't I can't call I, him I, William I, Regal. I can't call him Regal. Mr. Regal. I always call him Mr. Regal when I'm on stage doing shows <laughs> with him through you guys. I'm always yeah. like, no, it's Mr. Regal. Um, yeah. uh, and that's obviously what we call him off stage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, at all times. Um, and we don't look at him in the eye. We, we keep our hands folded in front of us. We how did how did, that, how did that come about? Was it was it through the relationship with Mick that it came about? It was, because um, Mick um, had said, you've got to get... William Regal to do one of these. He is really, really funny, and he is naturally he's, the funniest person. It's I ridiculous to the point where I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. So he he's, he did a spot with Mick mm-hmm. at, in Los Angeles, yes, um, before a show in SummerSlam, and he liked it because he was initially. You know what he's like. We know what he's like. Shall we say he's very modest. He's very humble. Yes. I mean that comes across outside of the wrestling bubble. Whenever you speak to him, it yes. comes across in spades. And he genuinely couldn't understand. And something I found, the, the people I work with who are decent, who are nice, are the ones who genuinely are a little bit surprised that people want to come and listen. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, not full of themselves at all. He's so grounded. And he, and he has stories to spare. Um, life experience comedians would kill for. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so he got in... He, and I did, the Twitter thing again. William Regal has followed you on Twitter. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I st- I'm still really proud of the fact. He, I think he only follows 106 people. Yeah, and 104 um, without us. Yeah, oh, we yeah. are we are two of them, which <laughs> which greatly pleases me. All the 103 time. without Billy. Yeah, who uh, I think he only follows because he likes his parents. You know the crankies. <laughs> Big fan of crankies. <laughs> yeah, so we we represent just shy of one percent of his Twitter following. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm quite proud of that. I'm very proud of that. I've arrived. We've arrived. This is good. So. So he he sort of followed me and I and I spent the rest of the night twitching um, and then he got in touch and we, we he said he wanted to have a it was like two two weeks notice before mm-hmm. he was over because he was still on the road with WWE he'd still wrestle yes and he was currently trans I think he was transitioning and taking other roles at that point um, transition sounds like he's evolving <laughs> super Saiyan <laughs> regal he grew he grew gills <laughs> he grew gills. Do you know what? The sea wouldn't dare to drown William Regal, <laughs> would it? The sea, the sea would just leave him be. So we'll get some oxygen for you. Screw physics. Um, yeah, as he's as he's choking out a shark, <laughs> <laughs> putting the squid, putting the kraken in the regal scratch. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, but he, so he, he sort of got in touch two weeks before because it was he was over doing some tryouts mm-hmm. um, when WWE were taping TV at Birmingham, and he said. 
you reckon you could find? Do you think <laughs> there might be interest in a show? And do you think I could find a venue? And my response was, fuck yes, of course I can. No, let me think about that. So I got the Glee studio, booked it short notice. I mean, I'd, we'd have done it in a car park. You know, we'd have found mm. a place. And we sold out in, in 30 minutes. Yeah. Now, again, obviously, part of that was back then, nothing like this had ever happened. It was still, un- it's it was still, still, still fresh, right? Yeah. Um, and he was nervous, and it was, and I, and I had to get my dream team. So I got you and Billy. Um, and notable that night was one, it was amazing. It was glorious all the way through. It was so good. Two, it's the first night I met Robbie Brookside. Yes. Who, who was a joy of a human being to be around. It's the first night my wife met Robbie Brookside mm-hmm. because uh, she didn't see me do or me or Billy do our sets because she was too busy talking to Robbie. Robbie, a man who nearly got me fired from my old radio job for talking for too long. He can talk for a living. But charming man, isn't he? He's is very charming. He's great. And I've never, I haven't eaten cotton cheese, cottage cheese since the last time I spoke to him either, really. <laughs> really scary. But, so that went really, really well and then it led to, we do shows with, with Mr. Eagle as and when it fit around his yes. schedule. So that was nice. That, that sort of popped up here and there. Um, and then um, we had initially um, we were going to have Gold Dust, have Dustin Runnels come over and do a mm. tour with us. But then, fair play to him, he he had such a good showing at WWE. They rehired him, which is great. So too. it fell off. So we had we had Dallas Page over for a tour. So I spent a week and a half on the road with Dallas Page, which was an amazing experience. He's the most because I I picked him up from his hotel once because I did the Manchester show with him. Yeah. Uh, not only did I get a free copy of DDP Yoga, very proud of that. Um, but also, he he's the most positive human being in the world. It's like, amazing. It was it was it was. A, I think it was a week. It was a week after my mum had passed away, mm-hmm. and I had a pep talk off of DDP, <laughs> which uh, you can't you can't not feel cheerful if that sort of stuff happens. No, it's 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 crazy. And with him, it's legit. It's sincere. It's not like you'll, you you meet some people who who are the verbal equivalent of those nauseating memes on Facebook mm. that involve waterfalls or. Ah, uh, that shite. But he's he's genuine. It's sincere. There's no no bullshit to him at all. And it's hard not to feel uplifted. Oh no, definitely, definitely. In his presence, and he he's he yeah, we had a lot of fun going back and forth on stage and and off of it. And oh man, he chopped the shit out of me <laughs> because he's got this thing, and it's very much a branding thing where he says if you call it yoga, he will go the fuck do you say yeah. what sort of like half work because it's DDP yoga. That's his thing. Yes. And I, I kept getting it wrong until one day at breakfast, he just went, right. And he reached over to me. I went, what are you doing? And he, and, and he pulled my arm down and he just chopped me. And I went, ow! Oh! Now, I didn't, I didn't let on that I had maybe been chopped a bit before in training. But um, I joked that this is something we could do on stage every night. Mm. And he went, yeah, bro. Says bro a lot. Does uh, say bro a lot. Says bro a lot. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so every night we do a thing at the end of the first section where I'd say, and don't forget to look at, you know, we've got yoga DVDs on sale, and you say, what did you say? <laughs> and um, I did have a purple line across my chest. Yeah, part of the just, branding did as just well. bruise, bruise very easily. Um, but what was nice as well is um, a friend of mine, Rebecca, um, who, who I think you met at some point, got into DDP yoga and has changed her life. She's now in amazing shape. And he's a nice enough guy that he actually... I called in a favour, got to get one to give her a call on her birthday. Oh, that's pretty cool. So one of the one of my favourite things about all of this is sharing that awesome. Yeah. You know, so it isn't it wasn't just me doing like twenty minutes in front of 
William Miracle, I, went, I, I, I never crossed my mind to not have other people involved in that. No. You know, and being able to share little things, like, you know, get maybe get something signed, maybe get a phone call here, get a mention here. Yeah. And just... Because it, it's the sort of stuff that changes people's lives. Little cool moments can change people's lives forever. They can just give you that little bit of boost. And it's nice. Certainly when I was... Because uh, I've, I've... Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I had depression for most of my adult life. What I found really helpful with that is... I've now got a variety of photos of all the different cool little moments mm. around so that everything's down. I can just go, you know what? Whatever happens now, even if all of this finishes tomorrow, yeah. even if you have to go back to the call centre, all right, I'll draw the line there. I will never work in a call centre <laughs> again. I will cook crystal meth before I work in a call centre. <laughs> right. And people will die because I'm not a chemist. I, I don't even know. How, I'll, I'll bake it or, or try and do it in a microwave or some shit. I, I think you can buy a mix in a <laughs> Oh, yeah, like pot, pot meth. Yeah. You just, well, it's brand new. You just add kettle. Yeah, just add the kettle. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I could, all of this could end tomorrow and I can look back and go, how privileged I am. You know, 40 years I've been on this world and I've, I've worked with my heroes mm-hmm. and I've been on first name terms with them and I've been respected as a peer by some of them. Absolutely. And, and just to be able to go, Look at all these experiences, and I've got all these stories to share, and I don't think it's done yet. That's no. the best part. I feel like, in many ways, we're still just getting started. Well, that was one of my questions was going to be. I mean, because I, I always look at, like, the last Regal uh, show I did with you was at the Frog Bucket in Manchester. Mm-hmm. I had a lovely time. The crowd seemed to have a lovely time. Mm. Um, it, it was great fun. Um, and I'm going to presume that, you know, it seems to be the sort of thing that Mr. Regal always wants to try and do when he's here. Obviously, he's a busy man. Yeah. Um, do you have, like, a dream wish list of wrestlers that you would like to do these shows with? I, I do. I do indeed. Um, I mean, there's they, they, they vary from full-on pipe dream to... Yeah. 
maybe, you know, and it's... What's it, the loftiest? The, the loftiest, loftiest ones. I think the Holy Grail will be Steve Austin. Yeah. Um, and a similar, I think The Undertaker. Yeah. Because for very different reasons. One, for Steve, for example, um, he's very, very busy mm-hmm. and doesn't need the money. No. It's going to be a... You've got to do it for the love. Passion place. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be, oh, this sounds like fun. Which is imagine why why I think Mr. Regal. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's because he loves he so, loves a variety and performance. Oh, and it, it's it's a chance for him to do something different, yeah. spread his wings and have a laugh, and you know, kind of hang out with all of us as yeah. well, which is good, you know. Yeah. Um, it is weird that he's our mate, isn't it? It is very strange <laughs> indeed. <laughs> I still find it weird. Like every now and again, he'll ring me, and I'm like, yeah. "This is bizarre." Uh, <laughs> I just ended up having a nice chat with him. It's, it's, you know, because it, I very rarely talk about wrestling. With it just seems to work better. I talk about comedy and music. Oh, um, so they're the, they're the ultimate pipe dreams. Yeah. Who who would you think? And, and feel free to not answer this if you don't want to give away anything that you might have in the works or anything like that. Who would you feel is a is a realistic? Because I would have loved it if Goldust had come over. I, I think I think Mark Dustin Rhodes is, having briefly met him while I was over in the states as well. And he seems a funny guy. He's, he's got an interesting life. He's he's. He's got a wonderful combination of he's outspoken, he's opinionated. Um, I don't think we'd agree on everything, which mm. I think is great. Um, but he's got a lot of stories to tell. He's much like much like Mr. Regal. He's had his ups and downs. Yes. Um, but he's also in such a good place right now. Yes. So absolutely. happy with his life at this point that I think that had just come through. Um, who do I think would be fantastic? Um, bearing in mind that I hated the first episode so much it made me itch. But then got worn over by it. I think Edge and Christian's tour that totally reeks of awesomeness would be a lot <laughs> would of work. Um, and, I, and I've said that to them. I said I watched the first episode. I went, "This is, this is everything wrong with society." Um, <laughs> Why did you hate it so much? I don't know. I just the first one. I just I admit to not having watched them. I, I, whenever I, I see the trailers to it, I, I always look at it and go, "That's two mates having a laugh." I'm cool with it. Yeah, but I, I'd say watch it because. The first one, I really watched it and just went, oh no, why have you done this? Why have you defaced your own legacy? And then I watched the second one, because I think they put the first three up at the same time. Mm-hmm. So then I watched the second one, and there were a few moments along the way I went, that was brilliant. A few laugh out loud moments, which yeah. is impressive, because like most comedians, I'm dead inside and never laugh. And also, those guys aren't comedians. No, no, they're not. But they're, but then it's, such, it's that parallel, it's that connection thing where they have their persona and they work within it. And it's them, it's their real life. Mm-hmm. It's a couple of guys who are huge wrestling fans at heart, being massive dorks about pro wrestling, which is what we do when we do comedy about wrestling. It's what I did with Billy when we did I'm the Tag Team Champions. Mm. We, just have, we just have fun. And by the fourth episode, I was hooked. Well, that's good. And, it's, and, and I think it'd be so much fun to do live with a bit of Q&A and a bit of comedy and some multimedia stuff. But people would go crazy for the Q&A side of it because mm. you forget what big stars they are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's when you look at... When you stop and think about... It's like the butterfly effect. And when you stop and think about the impact that someone's had indirectly, so who they'll have worked with and who they were a foil for and, mm. and who... Like with, with Roddy Piper. So we did a tour with Roddy, rest of soul, which was an amazing experience. Welcome was, to the, also one of the weirdest moments of my life when I was in a car driving Samoa Joe around for a progress show <laughs> and you texted me and went, do you want to bring Joe to a hotel <laughs> to meet Roddy Piper? And I went, and by this point, I'm so blasé about these requests that you occasionally throw my way. I just went, yeah, dude, where are you? So I ended up <laughs> taking, we ended up going for Nando's yep. with Joe. And then I sat in a hotel room and watched as Joe chatted to Roddy Piper. Did Roddy's podcast, where he called him Samoan he, Joe. He did call him <laughs> Samoan Joe. 
on more than one occasion because <laughs> Joe's such a nice dude he never pointed it out of never course not of course not a lovely guy um, but yeah that, I mean that, again that's I've forgotten about that it's that much of the stuff he's it's crazy and, and the other thing with Rod the, the interesting thing now was was he's he was very guarded hmm. um, by his nature and I think around around the fans to some extent no less genuine no less necessary. he had so much time for everyone yeah. to the point where I'd have to say can you not get Adrian Life Story? We have to do a show, and you're spending five <laughs> minutes with everyone. Even I know this maths doesn't work yeah. for a meet and greet. But he was so lovely. And at the very last show of the tour, and every night I had to make him accept his applause, hmm. take his praise, you know, his, his sort of applause from the crowd. And on the very last night of the tour in Birmingham, the Glee, I actually, and I, I can't imagine ever doing this in any other instance, I basically got him by the shoulders and marched him back on stage and said, right, I'm going to say this on behalf of everyone here. Thank you. Hmm. Because realistically, without Roddy Piper being the foil for Hulk Hogan, there's no guarantee WrestleMania would have worked. No, absolutely. If WrestleMania didn't work, there's a good chance WWF wouldn't have worked. Mm -hmm. If that hadn't happened, I would never have seen it in 1991. I wouldn't be a fan. I wouldn't then have gone on to meet the people I've met, to do the things I've done, to see the matches, to have the travel, to experience, make the friends. Yeah. Um, So I, and when you think of it like that, that, that he was such an integral part of where I am now. Being able to thank him and having the room just go, yeah, you know what? Mm. Whether there were people in there who hated WWE now, but watch every other indie on the planet, they would never have found their way to the hard drug of PWG yeah. without the soft drug of WWE. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I want to get on to, to sort of what you're up to at the minute in a second. Don't Again, don't give anything away. Mm-hmm. Are there plans afoot to do more stuff with Eros Comedy? There are, and it's it's very much in the phase at the moment where we we're kind of trying to be ahead of the curve mm-hmm. because, like in life, if something does well, other people will come along and have a go of it. Absolutely. And diplomatically, I won't say anything bad about anyone, but if you followed or you bought tickets for some of them, you know that some have gone better than others. Yes, should we that's, say. that's the very diplomatic, diplomatic way of putting it. Yes. Um, and I think it's when people who do not have experience in the field, and, and the phrase I'd love to eliminate from the English language is, how hard can it be? Well, yeah, well, I, I, I look at this all the time in that, the, for example, British independent wrestling is in a really hot place at the minute. Mm-hmm. But in the same way that comedy was in a really hot place 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and all it takes is for you to go to one bad comedy night to think that all comedy nights are bad. Yeah. In the same way, it takes all it takes is for you to go to one bad British indie show. Mm-hmm. There's not many of them, but there are still bad ones. You go to one bad British indie show and you're going to presume that Progress is a terrible company mm-hmm. because we're an indie. It's the same thing. If you go to, a, if you go to a, a bit of spoken word or a Q&A with a former professional wrestler and it's a shoddy experience, you are then going to falsely presume that the tours that you do and you've been doing professionally for, for five, six years aren't going to be good mm-hmm. and it, it just takes that one thing to, to, to damage it doesn't yeah. it it's, it's, it's a delicate balance and I think it's, it's saturation is a problem as well when people have to choose mm. between two or three things rather than making everything a must see absolutely um, yeah but uh, you know I mean I'm working on something at the moment hopefully it'll come through right it'll be unlike anything we've done before similar but different should we say yeah and if it if it, if it comes off not only will it blow my mind that it's happening, mm-hmm. um, but I really think it's going to open a lot of doors, you know, and, 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 and more than anything else, give give people these amazing experiences. Because we, we, you, you see people, like with the Roddy Piper tour, who went, do you know what, especially because he passed away, mm. is that people are so grateful for having a chance to meet their heroes. Yeah. And almost without fail, 
the heroes we bring over are the ones you want to meet. Yeah. Because, you know, they say don't meet your heroes, pick them better. You know, yeah. choose better. Yeah. Because we, we want to create an atmosphere where they're happy to meet you, you're happy to meet them, and it's the show's great and the, the meet and greet. We kind of run it as a show with a meet and greet mm-hmm. rather than a meet and greet with a show tacked on the end, and I think that's the difference. Yeah. But uh, I could talk about that for ages. So, so before we wrap this up, mm-hmm. we go and have dinner because that's the main oh, reason. Oh man! Because um, uh, um, I know I know that you're involved in wrestling in a different way now. Mm-hmm. So what's what's kicking off for Chris Brooker over the next couple of months? Well, kicking off for Chris Brooker is um, at the moment. I mean, and what's kind of nice is over the last few years, I've got more involved with Future Shock Wrestling in Manchester. Mm-hmm. And as cliche as I like to think I did it the right way because I trained with him for a little bit. Yeah. And um, then I started helping out shows because that's what you do when you're training. Absolutely. And, and if you are a trainee wrestler and you listen to this and you don't help out at shows or, or put the ring up or help put chairs out or help bring the merchandise in, you're a terrible trainee. I'll, I'll take it one step further. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Seriously. I've... Bearing in mind that I have been... It's a big... To, it's a huge bugbear of mine. It I, really it, winds me up. It, it's so simple. It's the world of difference. It'll make a difference for you getting booked or not. And and the attitude of some... I, I went to a show not too long ago where Farron, the gentleman who provides the ring for progress, Indeed, yes. um, through one thing or another, had no one to help him with the ring. Which is shocking. Um, and I was there. I paid to get in. Mm. And I went to chat to Farron and he was sort of, how are you doing and all this. Yeah. Um, and I ended up staying for another hour and a half helping him take the ring down. With another one other wrestler, and nobody else helped. I feel that I'm, there's always an element of me about to go into the oh the state of youth today. <laughs> uh, but, well, we're old enough now to say well, that we are, we? but young it's, people. It's it's a bugbear of mine With all the time. I think what what always impresses me at progress shows is there's and I don't want to name their names because you know I don't want to I don't want to bring their, their names into it. But it's really really nice that we've got people who trained with us. And are no longer trainees, mm-hmm. and still set the ring up. Of course, but then it's, it's and, and, that, and I look at that and go, that's the sort of dedication that that I want. Mm-hmm. If you're the sort of person who wants to get booked on shows, it's the same way that when we were new comedians, like I think I worked it out. My first hundred gigs, I travelled twenty seven thousand miles, <laughs> and I got paid a grand total of eighty quid. I don't, I don't even want to know what I'm on per hour if I work it out across yeah. the entire thing. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, now I earn a good living out of comedy, and I, mm-hmm. I you know, but. It took a lot of hard work to get there and a lot of yeah. sacrifice, and it's the same in wrestling. And I'm yeah. going off on a massive tangent, yeah. but it but winds it's, me it's, up. It's a point that's worth making. And yeah. it's, um, the, 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 it's the thing that you get, and you'll get this, and anyone who runs a wrestling promotion, there's no shortage of people going, Hi, I want to be a manager, ring announcer, commentator, without fail. The, the three jobs that are perceived to be cushy. But within wrestling. I, I get it. I, and I've mentioned this on Tuesday Night Jaw several times, is the amount of emails I get from people going, hey Jim, I'm a huge fan of progress. I'm just wondering if you're looking for a ring announcer. Well, if you're a huge fan of progress, you'd know that I am the ring announcer. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, I like so my It's a subtle way of saying it's not really working. I know. You know just, just accept it. I, um, accept this feedback. I, I, I like being <laughs> ring announcer. It's took me a while to get any good at it. I like, yeah. but, but I like being a ring announcer. And, and I... I, I, I Ring announcing is the easiest job I do for progress. Oh. All the other stuff's a lot harder. Oh, yeah. What's the fun shit, isn't it? Um, so, Future Shock. So, yeah. Future Shock. So, the point I'm making is that people get in touch and say, can we do this? And the reason I ended up doing commentary at Future Shock, mm-hmm. the reason I ended up sort of not... Sort of more involved, like more within the inner circle. So, I'm not I'm not sort of spinning any plates, but mm. I, I, I'm, I'm around to watch them being spun. And you, it's the fact that I... 
worked my way up from the bottom. That I yeah. came in and I picked up litter and I set out chairs and I did and I stewarded at shows. There was one without wanting to turn this into the Yorkshire sketch. Like, when I were young, um, <laughs> the, the the best example was when Billy and I did Iron the Tag Team Champions in Edinburgh for the first time. Mm-hmm. We did the show on a Saturday. We sold it out. Amazing show. Did it with Colt Cabana guesting and out this it world. Got on a train. Came back. Put my future shock show on and picked up litter with everyone else, right? Yeah. Because you, you you do what you have to do. Absolutely. What's, what's kind of nice now is that I've I, I, I'm now more involved and I get to call the action. Um, I get to sort of give feedback to guys because people now ask me my opinion, which is wonderful. And it's it's from twofold. One because I've watched far too much wrestling, <laughs> so I, I, you know what you. you there's this 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 sense that you can't tell someone about wrestling if you're not a wrestler. Yeah. The same point. I've never been a chef, but I can tell you if your food tastes like shit. Yes. You know. So, and I wouldn't go to that level. But people ask me, and especially as a performer, because hmm. there's similar skills, and in terms of getting your character across, in terms of that's what talking. I get asked for. I'll never tell exactly. someone how to how to wrestle, but I can yeah. tell someone how to do it. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And and things like slow down. Yeah. Um. Make sure you you you've got your eyes open. Make sure your face is clear. All that kind of stuff. Stuff that's I, I genuinely think the connection is more important than the moves. In the same way that in comedy, the connection is more important than the jokes. Yep. This is why Hulk Hogan has made more money than anyone else. Lost it and then took it back from Gorka. Um, <laughs> in fairness, you know, he, he kept his eyes open. He made his sure his promos were clear. That, in fact, if he wasn't talking so clearly, he might not have had so much trouble. <laughs> if only you'd mumbled, Terry. If only you'd mumbled. Right. Um, but all that, all that kind of stuff. We, we you can you can help you can advise you can you can and seeing people appreciate that and take it and use it and then use that to go on to other things it's I, I'll never be a wrestler hmm. but there's a real thrilling vicariously in seeing someone oh, absolutely. else you know achieve their potential yeah and that's that's kind of my thing plus I want to be able to play my part in helping Future Shock grow um, because Future Shock is one of the longest running companies at the moment I think in the country how long is it, 11, 12 years it's twelve years in August it'll yeah. be. Um, and the ethos there, it's it was basically started for the training school. The training school, I believe, came first, and then the matches came, the shows mm-hmm. came afterwards. So the idea is it's giving people a place to take their first steps, to grow. Yeah. To, to, to And some of the guys that you've seen come through from, from absolutely pea-green rookies to some of the best wrestlers in the country. Um, and the emphasis, and especially with the school at the moment, with Xander Cooper running it, who I think... If you're not booking him, he should be. He's he's. I hate using the word underrated, but I think he's criminally underrated, and he gets wrestling, mm-hmm. and he teaches total wrestling, mm. in the sense that he doesn't just teach you to do one thing. He will go right. Let's work on your fundamentals. Let's go from the ground up. Make them solid. Make them so they can work anywhere, with anyone, and that's what you look for in a professional wrestler who can put on a show, who can be that character, who can be versatile. Sure. Um, and I, I I really want to help Future Shock grow. Because I, I think, hand on heart, and there's a bias, as, I, as you know, there's a bias with yours as well. Of course. Um, that we've been putting on some of the best shows in the country quietly. Yeah. And I don't want to do it quietly anymore. And we've kind of got a bit of a challenge in that we are fa- we're family friendly. Mm-hmm. We're suitable for everyone. So there's certain things we can't do that other shows can do. Yes. Um, that progress can do, which I'm not suggesting that you are all about violence and swearing. Um, and the same thing is uh, ICW made a huge inroads with their ECW style. Now, we can't do all of that. Yes. But I want us to be like the Pixar or the Marvel Cinematic Universe 
or the Star Wars of, of wrestling in this UK in mm. the UK, whereby it's not downplaying, it's not for kids, but kids can enjoy it, and adults can enjoy it, and yeah. everyone enjoy it. And I, and I really want us to become this this centre of wrestling in the northwest between the training school and the shows. I want everyone to want to be on our shows because if you're an established wrestler, they're fun mm-hmm. and they're good and they and and they should pay a decent wage. Yeah, I want everyone to make as good a wage as possible. It's exactly the same same um, point I always have is I want people to work as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd love it if if, if everyone can make a full time living from. from wrestling. Everyone just gets better, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and at the same time, if you're if you're halfway there, this is a place where you, you polish your game up, where where you get people like at the moment. I think James Drake is on his way to becoming one of the biggest stars in the country, um, and he's not there yet, but he's got all the pieces. And the more he does these shows, where he's got a chance to play and do promos and and explore his character and work with people who will bring out the best in him, and it's the same all the way down the card, right down to our our newest recruits like. Uh, uh, a chap called Nathan, who had his first match two shows ago against um, Zach Gibson. Mm-hmm. Just because we suddenly had someone drop out, we need to rearrange things. Sure. So we had Zach do an open challenge. Out came Jensen Blake, which is Nathan's uh, in-ring persona, mm-hmm. if you will. And imagine having your first match with Zach Gibson. Going to learn. Of course you are. Going to learn. It, and and that's what we want to do. We've got we've got guys like. Zach Gibson, like Jack Gallagher, um, who will bring out the best in their opponents and are unselfish in the sense that they, they it's like ECW in 1994, where I remember Paul Heyman saying, Terry Funk going, I want to make that guy. Yeah. Oh, I want to work with that guy. I want yeah. to make that guy. Let me work with these guys. All the way through. So we've got veterans like Jack, like, um, like Zach Gibson, underrated veterans like Damon Lee, who's amazing, who can work with anyone. Hmm. Um, tag teams like the models, like Danny Hope and Joey Hayes. And trying to and, and the wonderful thing is mixing all of this together so that everyone so the shows are great everyone enjoys it and there's and there's storyline that will play out over the year yeah and being part of that watching all of that come together is incredible and I, I just I, especially because Manchester at the moment I think it's it's an interesting time because Progress are, are in Manchester and are doing good business and I think you you guys cover a different niche. We, we, we are very different. Very different. Different but the same, in the sense that there'll be people who come to both, mm-hmm. but there'll be people who only go to Progress, and there'll be people who only go to Future Shock. But I think there's scope, a beautiful friendship to be had down the road. Which is exactly what we always try to do in, in London, mm-hmm. because we're not the only company in London. You know, We have a good relationship with IPW and FPW and people like that, because why wouldn't we? In Southside, who obviously run within M25, why wouldn't we? Again, we're in the we're in the business of we don't run on the same day as you, mm-hmm. you know, and we're very good at letting people know when we're running because <laughs> we plan so far in advance. It's like we're gonna run on these days, and everyone works around each other. We the same with us and Rev Pro, we always work yeah. around each other. It's just the right way to be. Um, as we wrap this up, um, how can people get in touch with with you uh, and Eros Comedy and Future Shock uh, and various <laughs> forms of social media? Um, okay. Um... What I would say, um, for me, the best way to sort of harass me in any way, shape, or form is at the Brooker Man on yeah. Twitter. Um, nickname I, I gave myself in university. And it stuck. It stuck. Well, I had a column to write in the magazine, and I had to call it something. So I went, oh, the Brooker Man. And it was around the time that Brian Pillman did the I Respect You Brooker Man I've always wondered if that was the reason. There and was now a it makes connection. Me respect you there was more. a connection. <laughs> I Respect You Brooker Man. Um, so that's that. Uh, at Eros Comedy 
is the Eros Comedy uh, Twitter account. It's it's kind of quiet at the moment because I don't think unless you've got something worth saying, yeah, not going to say much. But do follow it because that way, when something does happen and something will happen, you're going to be the first to know. And I tend to read whenever you tweet stuff. I tend to retweet it absolutely, fairly absolutely. soon as well, just in absolutely. case people forget. Absolutely. Um, and for Future Shock um, at Future Shock Rest W R E S or futureshockwrestling.co.uk. And if you're in Manchester, if you are around Manchester in the Northwest, um, I can say that we, we've just announced that our next match, uh, our match for our next show, which is the 22nd of May in Stockport Masonic Guildhall, um, it will be our adrenaline champion, James Drake, defending his title against the extraordinary Jack Gallagher, because James Drake has asked... He's been a little bit ropey with his attitude towards the championship. He's called it all kinds of names. He's disrespected the other challengers. And he said, right, I'll come defend my belt if you can give me the challenge of a lifetime. Your bluff has been called, Mr. Drake. Challenge of a lifetime in the extraordinary Jack Gallagher, a man who I think would love to take that belt over to the States with him for the uh, Cruiserweight Classic. But I'm fairly sure JD would like to stop him doing that and send him off with a loss. So... And that, based on when I think I'm going to put this up as well, that will be this coming weekend. It so, will be. And um, you know what? The only place to really find out what's going to happen there, and you're going to want to see this match, because I think this will be a sleeper hit, this match, is at the Stockport Masonic Guildhall. Futureshockwrestling.co.uk. You're going to have to be there. God. Promotions. Promotions. Easy. Always. Like. Always. <laughs> um, right. Anyway, listen. Um, let's go and eat meat. Uh, yeah, cheers, for, cheers for chatting, Chris. My pleasure. My pleasure, Jim. So that was me and Chris Brooker having our little chat. I'm going to try and do as many of these Tuesday night jaw meets things as I can because I spend quite a lot of my time around people involved in the world of British wrestling. I don't always want to choose to talk to wrestlers. I think that was why it was interesting to have a chat with Chris because he's involved in something that's a little bit different. Uh, obviously, massively involved with Future Shock. Now we gave them a plug. Uh, make sure you check out Future Shock Wrestling up in the northwest of England, primarily around the Manchester area. Um, big show this weekend, I believe, so make sure you check them out and go along and support them if you can. Next week... On Tuesday Night Jaw, we've got another full episode. So it'll be another roundtable, panel-like discussion. It'll be me and hopefully Mr. Scroobius Pip, whose wonderful Distraction Pieces network this very podcast is on. Um, So, uh, and hopefully another couple of guests, probably a wrestler, probably someone from the world of entertainment. And we'll have a bit of a natter about extreme rules and various other things. Now, here's your social media stuff. I am on Twitter, at Jim Smallman. I'm on Instagram as well. I very rarely use it. Um, don't forget, use the hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. Keep spreading the word about this podcast and about the Distraction Pieces Network. It's really going well at the minute, and I want it to keep going well. I want as many people to be involved with this, not just in the UK, all around the world. And the more you keep recommending it to people, which I'm really grateful for, the better this podcast will be and the bigger it will grow. So thank you very much for that. Make sure you tell people about it. Rate and review us on iTunes, all that standard stuff I normally ask you to do. So I'm at Jim Smallman on Twitter. Use the hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. If you're getting in touch, so I know what we're talking about, rather than me thinking, did you come and see me do a gig? Why are you asking me this question? Oh, it's wrestling. Awesome. Don't forget, my little wrestling company is Progress Wrestling. Uh, This is underscore progress on Twitter, progresswrestling.com. Our next show coming up is the rather massive Super Strong Style 16 Weekender over the Maybank holiday at the end of the month, which will be tiring. I'm not going to lie, it's two days. It's already sold out, unfortunately, uh, if you're looking to come along. But it will be up on demand-progress probably about a week or so 
after the event. And tickets are on sale via ProgressWrestling.com for our next show in Manchester on June the 19th, featuring an appearance from Chris Hero, which we're very excited about. And also our show on Sunday, September the 25th at the Brixton Academy. Two-thirds sold out already. The biggest independent wrestling show in London for at least a decade, if not more ludicrously excited about going to Brixton Academy somewhere I've been to watch loads of gigs and now about six weeks after my baby is born in August I will walk out on stage uh, Sunday September the 25th in front of hopefully two and a half thousand British wrestling fans super stoked about that there are still tickets available but not loads so if you want to get it on board get on board now would be my advice so progresswrestling.com for your tickets and all that sort of stuff there um, anyway, that's me signing off. Full episode next week. Make sure you watch Extreme Rules. And don't forget to tweet me at Jim Smallman your questions for myself and the panel for the full episode next week. Don't forget, use hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. Thanks for listening. Thanks for recommending us. And we'll see you next week. Ta-ra! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.